Good morning, Victory. It's good to see you guys here this morning. I want to welcome you guys to our online service here at Victory Church. If this is your first time here with us, please click the like button, share below. We'd love to know. Just put it in the comment section. Let us know where you're from, how you heard about us, because we want to connect with you um, and just welcome you home um, to Victory Church. And if this is not your first time, um, you're probably looking at me saying, hey, you are not Pastor Troy. You are about the same height but a little bit darker, right? Um, my name is Malcolm. I get the incredible privilege uh, not only to share with you guys this morning, but also to be a part of the uh, leadership team here at Victory Church. And I'm just excited to share a message that God has put on my heart for you today as we continue on in the sermon series, Pass the Podium, Pass the Podium. And right now we're in unprecedented times, really, right? Um, Everybody's facing new things with COVID-19, um, but God is still moving in fantastic ways. And not only over the last few weeks, but through this, Victory Church has been able to give thousands of meals to Central Tennessee um, to help to meet the needs that people are having um, in our community. Also, we've been able to impact people's lives through Easter. So what I really just want you to know is that um, there's a lot more going on than what you're seeing on the news channels, right? There's a lot more going on. God's moving in new ways, um, and He's meeting needs um, right where they need to be met. So be excited about that, and just, just know that your church is still making an impact. Um, we may not not be within four walls. It's even greater. The walls are broken down and we're able to reach people like never before. I had one thing that I really wanted to share with you that I thought would just be great for an impact during this COVID-19. And I read something uh, from a pastor and a leader. His name is Craig Groeschel. And he said, there's two major things that happen during a crisis. And a lot of us can agree right now we're in a crisis. And number one, I want to read this just so I don't uh, throw it off. Number one is a crisis creates unexpected problems right? Unexpected problems. And we've all felt unexpected problems during this time, right? Whether it's toilet paper, um, or being home more, um, spending more time with your wife and your kids, or just even new strains on your marriage just from being there a lot more. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what happens. I'm sure during this whole quarantine thing, my wife has wondered plenty of times, who did I marry, right? She's probably thought that. Um, and then also with unemployment being at an all-time high and uncertainty um, and, and anxiety being at an all-time high, there's been a lot of unexpected problems that have popped up. But the second thing he said that you can be sure that you're going to see in a crisis is that you're going to see unprecedented opportunities. And I really want to focus on that right now because right now we're in unprecedented times and I believe that unprecedented opportunities are now coming to show. And I think that this sermon series, Past the Podium, where we're basically saying to you, um, you can't just put it on Pastor Troy anymore. You can't just put it on Pastor Brian anymore. You have to reach people because God has called you to, right? I mean, last week, Pastor Troy did a fantastic job as he does every week where he basically called us and said, you must commit, right? If you're going to take the podium, if you're going to let God use you, you have to commit. And that means you have to go all in. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. You have to go all in and let God use you to transform people's lives. And you can probably feel how I'm feeling right now, but any of you guys been in English class before? And this is how I feel whenever I'm coming up after Pastor Troy. I feel like I'm in English class. The honor roll student just went and I'm sitting in the back thinking, how am I going to live this up? How can I respond to that? How can I uh, follow up that act, right? Even though he's not put on the act, but how do I follow that up, right? Um, I just believe God has given um, something fantastic for you today and really don't know why he's using me to do it. Um, but I'm thankful. I'm really thankful for the opportunity. 
Um, but in this, whenever we talk about passing the podium, I started thinking about what does it really mean to carry the, pod the podium? And, and there's a lot of things that it means. And one of is that you're going to have to step into a whole new level of boldness, right? And I just, boldness has not always been an easy thing for me because number one, I'm an Enneagram type three. And what does that mean to you? If you don't know what an Enneagram is, check it out. But it's basically a personality type. And for me, I'm a type three means that I'm an achiever. And basically what that means to you is that I care too much about what other people think about what I'm doing. And I care too much about what they're doing. Um, I'm just very reactive to how I, you know, feel that people think. Um, and it's great, right? It helps me think about other people. But on the flip side of that, it helps me kind of hide a little bit of my boldness that I'm called to walk into in Christ. And I'm just going to share a quick story with you that um, I'm already starting to laugh just because I know my wife's going to be so excited that I shared this, right? Um, but it's about the first time I told my wife that I loved her, right? So this is what happened. We had been dating for about three or four months. Um, you know, I was just all in for her, but I tried to call her one day while we were on campus. Um, and so I called her, didn't get her, but I went to her voicemail. So I'm like, okay, hey, just wanted to check in with you. Um, I love you. Bye. But up until that point, I had never told her that I loved her, right? So I was like freaking out. I hung up the phone. I was like, oh my gosh, I just told her that I loved her. What was I thinking? Why did I do that? You know, all these things started rushing through my mind. And so my type three took over and I started thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to think I'm crazy. She's going to call her, her uncle or her dad. And he's going to be like, hey, this guy's crazy. He's already telling me he loves me. I only knew him for three months. Like all these things started rushing through my mind. So you know what I did? What any smart guy would do, I called her back and left another message retracting my previous message. I said, hey, I didn't really mean that. Um... You know, I'll talk to you later. Bye. That type of thing. And as soon as I hung up with that phone call, whenever I tried to retract it, I instantly knew in my heart um, that I had to go back. I had to fix it. I had to be bold. I had to let her know, hey, this is how I feel about you. And, um, you know, if you think I'm crazy, then I'm crazy. If you don't, goodness, I'm happy, right? So I go to see her later on that day and I just come clean. I'm just like, hey, I know I've only known you for this short period of time, but I do. I love you. I think you're fantastic. You're amazing. Um, and I just want you to know that. And in that moment, I started, I really understood what it meant to be bold. I really understood what it meant to step out and allow God, because I knew God wanted me to say that. I knew she was going to be the one for me. And right now, um, if I hadn't stepped into that level of boldness, I don't know where my life would be, right? I, I'm, I'm being truly honest. My wife is such a force behind so many things that I've done in my life, whether it's been dental school um, with my kids or just occupational, anything that I strive to do in my dream. She's my supporter. She's my cheerleader. She's always been there for me. Why did I tell you that whole story, right? Um, not just so you can know my love life, because I, I know you probably can care less about that, right? I'm, I'm married with three kids. Um, but what it made me think about was that I was so focused on her feelings that I couldn't be authentically myself, right? I couldn't be authentically me. I camouflage my feelings, right? In order to blend in with what everybody else was doing and caring too much about what everybody else was going to say, right? So I just camouflaged it. Um, but I quickly had to break that camouflage, right? I had to reveal myself in order to be bold, in order to step into what I knew God really had in store for me. So it 
there's many things that we do. And what I know is that um, many of us are masters of camouflage, right? We can blend into any environment that we walk into. And many of us, when we say camouflage, we think of something like this that I'm wearing. It's the whole reason why I wore this camouflage shirt is because I'm talking about camo, right? Uh, so there's a little style of points for me. Um, but I grew up in a town, and this is when I first kind of found out about camouflage. I grew up in a town called Ainer, South Carolina. Trust me, you haven't heard of it. I don't know many people that have, okay? There's one stoplight, but it's a fantastic town, very community-based, and it's where I grew up. It's about 20 minutes outside of Myrtle Beach, so if you ever ask me where I live, I probably said I grew up in Myrtle Beach. I spent a lot of time at the beach, but I really was from Ainer, South Carolina, where everybody wore camouflage, right? Because it's a big hunting place, um, a lot of outdoorsmen, um, everywhere, everybody drives trucks and wear camouflage, and I'm just, I'm just being honest. Um, so what I quickly found out was that camouflage was used for a whole bunch of different things, right? Um, I mean, use it in the woods, military use it for stealth. Um, some people use it for fashion sense. Um, there's different types of camouflage, some that you wear when you're going into the water, some when you're going into the green, you know, woods, when you're going deer hunting, all these different things. I didn't know about camouflage, but I didn't really recognize the type of camouflage that I'm going to talk about today until I hit middle school, right? I hit middle school and I started to realize that people were not only wearing camouflage, but they were camouflaging themselves, right? They were camouflaging themselves to blend in, to create friendships. A lot of people do it in their occupations. They do it in relationships. Um, and, you know, it's just trying to blend in. It's trying to be what you think everybody else has called you to be um, and what you think everybody else wants you to be, right? That's, that's camo. Um, and we even do it in church. And sometimes what, we, what people at church call it, we call it Christianese, you know, whenever you're speaking that camo language, whenever you had a rough week, but you still walk in and you're like, hey, I'm blessed and highly favored. And I know that um, God's working on my side. And all those things are true. And I believe that you should reclaim that over your life. But there's also a level of camouflage in that where you don't want to be real. You don't want to expose yourself to your friends to let them know that, hey, I did have a rough week. This has been tough for me. Um, and sometimes you have to break that in order for God to allow other people to speak into it, right? Um, so today, what I want to talk about is that if you want to be the minister, right, if you want to take on the podium, right, you're going to have to break the camouflage. You're going to have to step out. You're going to have to be authentically you. You're going to have to be bold. You're going to have to carry hope. You're going to have to be who God created you to be. You can't blend in with everybody else anymore when you're carrying the podium, right? The podium, you got it and people know it right? You got it and people know it. When Jesus walked into a room, people knew it because he was, I would say he's a room wrecker, not only because he flipped tables one time, um, but also because of just his boldness, the way he carried himself. When he was among the people, you couldn't tell, but whenever he stood up to talk and whenever he stood up to speak, there was a certain level of boldness that was within him. And right now, um, as we're about to kick this off, I'm going to jump into three major things that you'll need to do in order to take the podium. But I want you in the comment section right now, I want you to put the title of my message today. And the title of the message today is Uncloak the Camouflage. Uncloak the Camouflage. And all uncloak means is to reveal, right? To break the camouflage down. You got to break it down in order to step in to what God's calling you to do. So I'm going to share with you guys today from John 16. Um, and I have a few verses here that I'm just going to read straight off um, so that you guys can really get where I'm coming from. And then I'm going to go through and break that down into three main points that will help you break the camouflage so that you can take the podium that God has called you to carry. 
Um, so John 16, 25 through 33, it says, Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming where I will no longer use this kind of language, but I will tell you plainly about my Father. In these days, I, I will add in my name, I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I have come from God. Verse 28, I have come from the Father and entered the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then his disciples said, now you are speaking clearly without figures of speech. Now we can see, right? Now we can see that you know all things and you don't even need us to ask questions. This makes us believe that you have come from God. Verse 31, do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming. In fact, a time has come when you'll be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone for my father is with me. I told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart for I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Jesus, we can just stop there. Jesus is amazing, right? Um, but what I, what I want you to understand is that many of us have done it. We've, we've done it. We've done just enough, right? Just enough to blend in, right? And we don't ever want to do anything to stand out. And, and a lot of times that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problems with your job. That's the problem with the marriage. That's the problems with your dreams is that you've done enough to blend in but you're not doing anything new to stand out. And that's what God's called you to do. George Claren said this. It's a great quote. Most people work hard enough not to get fired and get paid just enough not to quit. Right. And I know we've all heard that. There's many of us that go through life and we handle it like that. Like I'm going to do just enough right to get by. Um, and I'm going to make just enough that I don't want to leave it. But I don't want to go anywhere outside of that because then I know it might create a certain level of uncomfortable, right? I'm going to be uncomfortable if I go outside of that. It's going to stretch me. It's going to make me do and believe new things and move in new ways and stretch me. Um, but I'm, and, and if you don't want any of those things, you might want to click off of here right now because I believe that God is calling us to a certain level of authenticity where it's going to stretch us in a new way. Point number one, when you're uncloaking the camouflage is that you have to be authentic. You have to be authentic. Verse 29, Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, now, his disciples said, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and do not even need anyone to ask questions. This makes us believe that you have come from God. And I believe in that moment, Jesus fully embraced in front of them, right? He fully embraced so they could see that he was not only Jesus, but God. He was both right there with them, right? He was answering the questions that they never even asked yet, even though they were thinking them, right? He started being authentically him the way that he was always created to be. And authentic only means one thing, right? It means basically not watering yourself down. And whenever you look at the definition, it says being genuine or real, or my favorite definition would be representing one's true nature or belief and just being true to oneself. That's being authentic. And that's who God has created you to be. You have to be authentic. I believe authenticity is a raw passion and tied to it. There's a crave, right, that will not settle, right? Whenever you're authentic, there's a crave that's going to be inside of you that won't settle for status or status quo. 
When you're authentic, you don't care what status you have. Whenever you walk into a room, you're just you. You're just you. And sometimes people are like, well, what do you do? Like, uh, you're, you're just you. And you don't care what status quo is. You don't care what everybody else is doing. Because you are too worried about being authentically you. And in this verse, I believe, as in John 16, 29 through 30, Jesus at that point just started taking down walls, right? He started just being open so that they could see, hey, I'm not going to talk in figurative language anymore. I'm not going to hide um, behind what you think I should hide behind. Now I'm just going to perfectly be connected with the Father. I'm just going to do it so that you can see it plainly. And whenever he did that, they felt that authenticity, and it really just helped them step into the call that God had put on their life. And if, and if we're going to carry, right, the podium, if we're going to take the podium, and that's what this whole series is about, is about you taking the podium. If you're going to do it, you have to understand, Pastor Troy can't do it all, right? He can't do it all. And your great Aunt Patty, the one that lays hands on everybody whenever you see her at cookout, she can't do it all either. She cannot do it all. In John 8, 31, 33, 31 through 33, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then his disciples responded to him and said, hey, we are offspring of Abraham. We have never been enslaved to anyone. Now, how can you say that we will be set free? And they're just like looking at him like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Like, we've never been enslaved. So what are we being set free from? And this verse reminded me so much in John that, yes, Jesus is the way. He's the truth and the light. And if you want to be set free, you have to go to him, right? You have to do that. But also, there's a certain level of authenticity and accountability to yourself, right, that you have to embrace in order to be free. So what I want you to understand right now is that, yes, You are set free. Yes, the podium is yours. And you have to embrace that truth. And you have to understand that you are the podium-carrying, world-impacting you. And that is who God created you to be. So be authentically that. Now we're going to move on to point two now. Point two is you have to be with God. And just know up front, I didn't put these in any certain order. The only reason why it's going this way is because I'm just flowing with the text. But this is by far one that you're thinking, hey, this should have been number one, right? But you have to be with God. In verse 31, it says, Do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming. In fact, a time has come when you'll be scattered each to your own home. And I think I can stop right there. Whenever I read this verse, it hit me like a brick wall. And I was thinking, we're in that time right now. We're in quarantine. We're all scattered to our own homes, right? And right follows right after that and says, you will leave me all alone. And he's talking about it at a time whenever he goes to be crucified. But right now, there's many people that are facing that right now where their quarantine levels of depression are on a rise and people need Jesus more than ever. And they need to be with God more than ever. Let's continue on. It says, you will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone for my Father is with me. If you are going to break the camouflage, you have to be with Jesus. You have to spend time in prayer. You have to have a daily devotional. And one thing I've always loved about Pastor Troy is he's always said this whenever we have leadership meetings. He's like, if if anything's going on and you're struggling in your ministry, I'm going to ask you one thing first. What is your prayer life looking like? Because usually it's pretty easy to identify you know, what's going on and does it line up? Are you seeking God for some of these answers before you're going to man? Like, 
I love that he's always kind of thrown that out there and always said that and believed that. And there's something really important. Jason Everett wrote this. It's an amazing quote. It says, the closer you get to God, the more you become yourself. I believe there's so much truth in that. The closer you get to God, the more you become yourself. And not only yourself, your truth, the true self that you are. The, the podium carrying, world impacting you. The closer you get to God, the more you'll be that. And the less you'll be, hey, I'm just hiding over here. I don't want people to know um, what I'm going through or what I'm facing. I don't want them to ask me my point of view um, on this subject. I'm going to hide that. No, whenever you're with God, boldness comes. God brings boldness. Whenever you're with God, you're spending time with God, He brings boldness. Proverbs 28, 1 says this, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as lions. The righteous are as bold as lions. And in Proverbs 28, we all know somebody like that, right? That changes the way their stance is. They camouflage themselves in such a way that they change their stance um, whenever they're in a room full of people just to appease the people, even though nobody cares, right? And in that, what we can tell is that they're, they're running from something that's not even chasing them. Most people don't even care what your stance is. They just want to hear your point of view sometimes. Like, hey, what do you think about this type of rice? And you're like, well, what do you think about it? You're like, I like brown rice. You're like, oh, I like brown rice too. Come on, tell them you like white rice, right? The sticky kind, the one you can get at the, the Chinese spot. You got to be honest about what God's created you to do. But in that verse at the end, it says this. It says, the righteous are as bold as lions as bold as lions. And this brought me back to one of my childhood favorite movies, aka The Lion King. And if you don't like it, I'm praying for you. You gotta love The Lion King. But one thing that was said in that movie, and you're probably wondering how I even remember this from so far and so long ago, Mufasa says this, he says, a lion is only bold and only brave when he has to be. A lion is only brave when he has to be. A lion just doesn't go around roaring and exercising their boldness just flamboyantly. Lions do it at the appropriate time. And that's what we have to do as Christians. If we're going to take the podium, we have to activate boldness. And that doesn't mean walking into a room with your chest blown up um, like a peacock, uh, just spitting everything out. No, that means that you have to assert boldness in Jesus um, whenever you're trying to position yourself for maximum impact. And that's what lions do. Lions, whenever they roar, right, they do it to establish their domain. They do it to take back a kingdom that was theirs. They do it to put fear into their enemy. And that's what many of us need to do right now. We need to establish our boldness so that we can take back domain in our life. We need to take back our finances. We need to take back our prayer life. We need to take back our marriages. We need to take back what God has already given to us. And also, we need to put some fear in the enemy, right? So we have to be in a particular way. We have to act in boldness so that God can use it. And boldness to me is very special because it comes with a certain level of enthusiasm, right? And this is the ending right here for point two, but the word enthusiasm, it comes from the Greek word in and theos, which means, it literally means this, in God. Enthusiasm means in God. And really the truth is the closer you get with God, the more God gets into you. That's what Mark Batterson said. The closer you get to God, the more God gets into you, the more boldness that will flow into your life. And the more God is going to allow you to impact lives. So point number two is you got to be with God. 
If you're going to carry the podium, you've got to have Christ right by your side. And now point number three and my final point is that you have to be hope. You have to be hope. In verse 33, it said, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart for I have overcome the world. In verse 33, Jesus is basically just closing it out saying, hey, whatever you face, I've overcome. I've overcome it, right? And right now people need to hear this. Coronavirus, overcome. Jesus has already overcome it, right? Financial difficulties, overcome. Marital issues, overcome. Jesus has already overcome. Health issues, overcome. Jesus has already overcome it. And what he's instructing us to do is to bring that hope to each and every person that we come in contact with, right? If we're going to truly carry the podium and break down the camouflage, be bold and be different, we have to bring hope to people in times such as these, whenever hope is almost lost in many people. Many people are wishing for the normal. They're wishing for what they used to have whenever before they were running from what they used to have. So we have to bring them that hope day in and day out. Amen? You have to bring them hope. And I know somebody was tuning in right now just to hear this one thing. Jesus is overcome. He's already overcome. God has overcome and the victory is already yours. So be that hope. Be that hope. In Romans 15, 13, it says this, May God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the word overflow, that truly just moves me anytime I I think of it. Because whenever I think about overflowing, I think about just walking around and bits and pieces of me just spilling out onto other people. And when you carry the podium, that is what happens. You overflow and bits and parts of you, the way that you act, the way that you speak, right? The way that you carry yourself through not only financial difficulties and um, health issues, but the way that you do that is going to impact people's lives. And it's going to change people's lives. I tell you a really important story that impacted me so much. Um, At one point, I was an armor bearer, which basically means I'm just with the lead pastor all the time. And one day I was at church, and the pastor that I was with got a call that said his daughter had been in a really horrible accident, just a horrible accident. And he showed me the pictures. And what he did instantly changed me so much is that he stopped right? He stopped right where he was and he just started praying. He just started praying. He didn't call the police. He didn't call the ambulance. The first thing he did was pray. And there was such a boldness in that, that overflowed onto me. It splashed over onto me that I was like, I want to be like that. I want that, right? I want that. I want people to be like, man, this is what's happening. Pray about it. I seen, I seen Malcolm praying about it. Pray about it, right? Like, I just want that. And that flew and just flooded into my life. And each and every time I think about it, it just, it just fills me. It fills me. So point number three was that if you're going to uncloak the camouflage, right? If you're going to uncloak the camouflage, you got to be hope. You got to let God use you in a new and a unique way. There's no doubt to me that God has created you and positioned you for impact. He's created you to carry the podium. He's created you to speak into people's lives. He's created you, and I believe there's actually lives assigned to you that you were made to impact. And in order to do that, you're going 
to have to unclothe. You're going to have to tear down the camouflage and you're going to have to be authentic. You're going to have to spend time with God and you're going to have to bring hope to each and every person that you meet. Because guess what? You're the minister. You're the person that God has put in their life. And you're the only Bible that many people are going to read. I know we've all heard that quote and thought about it, but listen to it this way. You are the only Bible and you're the only way that some people are going to get to know Jesus. The only way. And my hope and my prayer for you this morning is that these three points that I felt like God was given to me, I hope that they just spark something new in your life, that you won't leave this viewing, this online service ever the same again. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for joining us here at Victory Church, Lord. And we know, Lord, that lives are changing all across the world and all across the United States right now and all across the state of Tennessee, Lord. And Lord, for anybody that's recommitting their life to Christ to you right now, we want to pray together as a family and say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I believe that you lived and that you died for me and that you're alive today. I thank you, Jesus, that you are pulling me closer to you and that you've always been there with me and you've never left me and never forsake me. Lord, I give my life to you. Lord, I believe in you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, change my heart. Never let me be the same again. Lord, I trust you and I love you. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, amen. Guys, have a phenomenal weekend. Be blessed and take off the camouflage.